Hi, and welcome to BJGP Interviews. I'm Nada Khan, and I'm one of the associate editors of the BJGP. Thanks for taking the time today to listen to this podcast. In today's episode, we talk to Amira Ibrahim and Carmel Hughes about the paper they've recently published here in the BJGP titled GPs and Pharmacists' Views of Integrating Pharmacists into General Practice, a Qualitative Study. So thank you, Amira and Carmel, for joining me here today. I guess this is a really topical issue because there has been a big push in general practice to introduce additional roles, including pharmacists, into practice in the UK. And this was a qualitative study based just in Northern Ireland, but it looked at the views and experiences of those working in primary care about how pharmacists integrate into practice. But what do we already know about this area of research and what was the drive behind conducting this study? Both Amira and myself self are, are pharmacists um, and I've had a long-standing interest in the relationship between GPs and pharmacists and the way in which they can work together. Uh, and I've been doing work on that for some time. And uh, Amira joined us a number of years ago to, to do a PhD. She came to us from Jordan and um, we talked about the type of project that she might do. And at the time, we were interested in, in practice-based pharmacists or general practice pharmacists, as I think they've become known as. So we started to do some, some work around that. And Amira did a series of studies on that particular topic, one of which was this particular study which was qualitative in nature um, and some of the preliminary work that Amir had done had suggested that integration and the relationship between pharmacists and GPs were really important in terms of the, the general practice pharmacists embedding within the practice but we were also interested in as well uh, in terms of how that was impacting the, the other member of the primary healthcare team that we thought was important which was the community pharmacist so that's why we ended up doing this study that had basically three essential participants, the GP, the practice based pharmacist and the the community pharmacist. Okay, so as you've mentioned, Carmel, this was a qualitative interview study of GPs and pharmacists. Um, but in the results, you describe four main themes here in relation to how practice-based pharmacists integrate into practice. Can yes. we just talk through those main themes? So um, let's start with the first one. Yeah, so uh, thematic analysis uh, revealed the uh, four main themes uh, in relation to practice-based pharmacist integration into general practices. Like this study found that the evaluation of the role practice-based pharmacist attributes uh, and collaboration and communication, uh, as well as impact on uh, care, all of these contributed to integration of practice-based pharmacists into general practice. If we have looked to the first theme, we can see like the evaluation of the role and how the role was evolved over the time. And uh, this theme like uh, covers about the activities undertaken by practice-based pharmacists. And uh, we talked a lot in the paper about these activities and how these activities uh, could also differ between uh, practices. And um, the, like the participant uh, emphasized that the practice-based pharmacist role lar largely consists of two main activities. Uh, like medicines, uh, reconciliation uh, of hospitals, uh, discharge letters and outpatient letters uh, and medication uh, reviews. And uh, the role like evolved with time uh, and the practice-based pharmacists uh, began to engage with other tasks, uh, tasks such as like independent prescribing and conducting chronic disease review clinics. 
Uh, and uh, about the evaluation of the role, uh, the most important things about how the healthcare professionals aware uh, about the awareness of the practice-based pharmacy role by others healthcare professionals, and uh, like many participants highlighted, uh, a lack of awareness of the practice-based pharmacist role uh, by uh, others, including like uh, uh, patients. So uh, this is uh, are uh, the main things uh, that covers under this uh, theme. I guess the next two themes really go along the lines of communication and collaboration and you've yes. touched on some of those so yeah tell me more about the findings from uh the, yes two teams. Yeah. yeah for a uh, theme two theme two uh covers the, like uh, the skills and experiences uh qualification and training uh that practice pharmacists needs to do uh, or to uh, do their work in uh, general practice so uh, under this uh, theme we can found that uh, like uh, participating gps and practice based pharmacists uh, reported that uh, communication skills were essential for a practice based pharmacist to undertake their role uh, and they highlighted other skills like consultations uh, teamwork uh, independent working time management um and they talked uh, also under this uh, themes about the importance uh, for the practice based pharmacist to be uh, an independent prescriber. And uh, it was noted that the practice-based pharmacists uh, who were independent prescribers uh, save GB time uh, due to reduce like um, uh, duplication of work. Uh, for the theme three, uh, which is collaboration and communications, uh, for this uh, theme, like uh, covers about uh, uh, what the factors uh, that can enhance uh, the collaboration and communication uh, between, for example, GBs and the practice-based pharmacists. So we have looked to these uh, factors, and the participants emphasize that teamwork, uh, supported by clear communication and strong relationships, uh, like would be key to achieving uh, collaboration and also trust in and mutual respect for each healthcare professional's expertise and individual skills uh, were also reported like as a factors to facilitate like relationship building uh, and thus like achieving and enhancing uh, collaborative work. And uh, most GBs and practice-based pharmacists identified like having more uh, formal meetings uh, involve uh, like involving the practice-based pharmacists in practice meeting and social activities. Um, something that uh, highlighted by all of participants, like many saw practice-based pharmacists as a central uh, hub middleman. Uh, so it's like between general practice and community pharmacies and between primary and secondary care. So it's like uh, a connection uh, between uh, general practice and community pharmacies. A participant indicated that a practice-based pharmacist had a critical role in uh, medicines optimization, uh, particularly uh, for the older population who are at higher risk of like uh, adverse drug events and uh, those with uh, body pharmacy. I think um, the findings around the impact on the workload are really relevant, yeah. especially as people are trying to uh, work out how different roles integrate into general practice. And one issue that comes up time and time again with these other roles is supervision. So in terms of the impact on workload, were there any findings relating to how practice-based pharmacists might need to be supervised in practice at all and how that might impact on workload? Yeah, I don't think anything of that nature really came up. Um, yeah. And I think Amira is agreeing with me there. Yes. I think there was recognition that there was a spectrum of skills amongst the pharmacists and that some would need further training in order to provide, I suppose, a more holistic 
service within general practice, so independent prescribing, for example, um, and other aspects of, of clinical skills. But the, the notion of supervising a pharmacist to do their job was not something that yeah. we encountered, I think, within this research. And this was something that came out through the different themes, but were there any findings that related to how patients interpret these roles in practice? I think what we have found, and I, I, I don't think we're alone in this, is that patients were, I think, the, the view of certainly the pharmacists were that was that patients didn't really know that there were pharmacists yes. in the practice and what those pharmacists did. And I think that's something that we find in some of our earlier work as well. We did work on, on the introduction of, of pharmacists prescribing many years ago. And we did interview patients who were receiving prescribing services from pharmacists. And they were, in some cases, oblivious to the fact that it was a pharmacist who was providing those services. So I think that the notion of patients being aware, I, I think, is, is not the case at the minute. And I think there needs to be awareness raising done on, on that particular point so that patients are aware of, of who is providing the service and the role of pharmacists within within general practice. I, I think that's something that, that does need addressed in research. Yes. Okay. And in terms of in an ideal world, how might be the best way to integrate a practice-based pharmacist into a general practice? You've talked a bit about identifying roles and things, but would you have any tips for either pharmacists or general practice staff and how to best integrate them into practice? I think so, what some of the pharmacists told us um, was that in, in some cases, the, the experience was very mixed in terms of induction, particularly in relation to pharmacists who may have been covering more than one practice. And some pharmacists talked about, you know, from day one, they were introduced to everybody. The whole system was explained to them what their role was and their role was explained to other people. And there was a, a discussion in terms of what they would do and what they wouldn't do. In other cases, it seemed as though the pharmacist was almost parachuted in and just told to get on with the job. And sometimes people didn't know why they were there. And sometimes they weren't even quite sure why they were there. And the, the, um, the allocation of tasks was sometimes, um, I think, a little bit haphazard. In some practices, it was an open discussion between the GP and the pharmacist, and they came to some level of agreement. With other cases, it was, it was, you know, well, what do we need done, as opposed to, you know, having that open discussion. And in other cases, it was left up to the federation to make the decision in terms of what the pharmacist um, would do. So I think the the way of um, inducting pharmacists into practice to enhance integration, I think needs further thought because I think it is quite ad hoc and haphazard at the minute and seems to come down very much to, to the context of the practice, the, the role of the Federation. So a huge variability. And I think that is something that probably needs to, to be given some further thought as to how it can be done in a much more organized and coordinated way. Absolutely. And as your research has found, there are lots of benefits to having these pharmacists integrated into practice. So ensuring that's maximised, I think, from the get-go is really important. Um, do you have any take-home messages here for those working in primary care about integration of pharmacists into practice or uh, a message that you'd like to send to GPs or people working in primary care about the use of practice-based pharmacists in practice? 
I think it's it's something that probably will evolve over time in that, you know, this does represent, I suppose, quite a, a major practice innovation. And I guess everybody is feeling the way to figure out how to do it well and, and how to do it in a very coordinated way. I think even in terms of undergraduate training, both for doctors and also pharmacists, these kinds of roles, I think, need to be highlighted to students and, and that is increasingly happening. And I know within schools of pharmacy, placements in, in general practice are now being offered so the pharmacists can see that these roles are, are going to be available to them. <clears throat> and I think likewise for GPs in training, they should also be exposed to, to pharmacists who are who are undertaking um, these, these types of roles. And as I said, I think much clearer um, consideration needs to be given to that induction piece as well where there, it is very clear to all concerned what pharmacists are going to be doing, what they're not going to be doing, what the roles are going to be, how they will interact with other people within the practice and also within, within community pharmacy as well. <clears throat> and I think it was noticeable that, for example, for, for some of the community pharmacists, even they were not entirely clear what the pharmacist in the practice was going to do. And it only became apparent once that pharmacist started to interact with them and that they could see the delineation between their role and the, the role of the community pharmacist. So I think, I mean, I think communication very often is, is seen as, as something that permeates everything. I, I think in this particular case, communication is really critical so that um, everybody is clear about what everybody is doing. And hopefully that should then lead to, to better integration. Better communication, more clarity over the role and ensuring that the induction processes are clearly spelled out just so that everybody knows where these different roles stand. And I think especially given the growing number of uh, additional roles in general practice, these sorts of understandings will be really important to try to work out how different multidisciplinary teams fit together. So that's really helpful. Okay, I think that's been really great. I just wanted to say thank you very much both for talking through the paper and for joining me here today. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Thank you. And thank you all very much for listening to this BJGP podcast. The original research article can be found on bjgp.org and the show notes and podcast audio can be found at bjgplife.com. It's been great to speak to Carmel and Amira across several time zones and hearing more about their research in this area, and hopefully you've enjoyed listening. Thanks again, and bye!